Welcome to the Save the Universe spoiler cast. Uh, today I'm with Wander and Shell, and we're going to be talking about Sexy Brutal. Yes. Of all games to start on. We want to talk about I mean, it. We yeah. can talk about a couple of things, but Sexy Brutal is the first. Uh, we're going to talk about this during the main podcast two weeks ago, but, nobody, but I didn't want to talk about it. knows what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, I had already finished the game because we beat it in two nights, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then... You need a brighter screen or else the light's not going to be on It's fine, faces. Shell. It's Aww. fine. You haven't seen the dark cave that Keith lives in. Uh. Uh, <laughs> but so, uh, I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't want to spoil anything because that ending... Uh, do Can that we, can sure we dive happens. into the... Yeah. <laughs> So we might as well start at the beginning-ish and yeah. work our way forward a bit. Now that, now that we, we don't exactly have to recap every death that happens or anything, but like set the set the groundwork basically. Yeah. So if you've some if you've somehow gone through both of our channels and not seen Sexy Brutal, it's a murder mystery game uh, crossed with Groundhog's Day. So every day you start over and you solve murders and you try and avert them by. You know, you usually it's like put a, bull, a blank in the gun so the guy doesn't get shot and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's so pretty basic. It's a, actually really clever. It's got clever. like nine guests that are going to die every single day at the same time, the same way, and you just have to subvert the puzzle be to behind that. It's mm -hmm. like the so it's like a it's like a fresh take on basically the adventure style game where you like have an inventory and pick up items and solve puzzles with them, like Monkey Island and everything. Here being so some of the items would disappear. Yeah, but here in this case, it's an isometric camera angle, and it's a two-stage puzzle. Because one is the observation stage of the puzzle, where you're walking around and exploring and trying to trace back the steps that lead to someone's death. And then two is the part where you actually try to get some kind of item or interaction that, that actually prevents said death once you've figured out how it happens in the first place. And then you sort of just repeat that all the way through until you've come up on the ending. And it's very much worth checking out. I think we both recommend it. And this oh, yeah. is your last it was a, this is your last, your last was chance a great to game. pause and leave and go play it or watch it before, <laughs> yeah, before, straight up before we spoil the ending. Yeah, uh, I think it's like 10, 15 bucks. It's worth it. Yeah, with the way that the gameplay was going, I really thought that the end goal would be to find a way to save everyone in one instance. Okay, so at this point, we're going into full so spoiler territory. it is 1999. Territory. So get out of here. Oh, it is 20 bucks. Eh, whatever. It's worth yep. it. It's a neat one. It's, uh, it just, I've actually it already screams vision, which is the yes. first thing I love to I've say in a video already... game is when it feels like someone's really specific idea they wanted to express. I've already pre-ordered their next game called Rhyme, if you haven't heard of that. Oh, yeah. Your friend was working on that, right? No, he, uh, he just works for the publisher uh, for it. Okay. Um, But it looks gorgeous, and hopefully it's going to kind of be oh, right. on par. Because it's two different developers, one of which is called Cavalier Game Studios, but the other one, Tequila Works, previously made Deadlight, and yes. it's also coming out with uh, Rhyme like next so month. So Tequila Works, yeah, Tequila Works is the uh, the main studio that did most of the work on the Sexy Brutal. Um, it's weird the games are coming out so close together. Then, yeah, I I think they've got multiple group. I, yeah, I'm Rhyme not entirely is also sure they, being made worked this. on by Q Lock, which worked on Mortal Kombat XL. Yeah, I get and the feeling of um, Xenoverse 2. <laughs> yeah, so um, that company does porting. So Rhyme is coming out on Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and Windows. So Tequila is making the game, and then the side companies are porting it to the what, other platforms. What a really That's weird release window for an indie it studio. Is, it is. It must, uh, they I'm must not entirely sure I wonder why, if one of the two like, studios was lagging somehow. Uh, maybe like the, like the other people they're working with, like something was holding something up somewhere. Because that, that's this is super weird. It is super weird. Apparently, the people that work at Tequila used to be like Blizzard developers, so suddenly some of this makes sense to me at oh, least. Oh, yeah. I mean, there there are numerous companies they that got were tired established of not putting by. Games out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, they gave up but, around uh, the seventh expansion to WoW. <laughs> Have there been that many? There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. I have no idea how many there are now. But spoilers time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, shall, shall we dive straight in for the ending, or did you want to keep spoiling mid-game stuff? Um, I don't I, know how do you want to go with this, because like... Is there like an individual um, murder situation you'd like to talk about? Like, uh, does, does I mean, honestly, actually, every single unique murder I thought was fascinating and really fun. Like, yeah. the only... Uh, 
The only real problem I had with the game was like when I hit the ending. Uh, the first one was maybe a little bit flat. You kind of get in and then immediately all you had to do is find the key code to for the camera to flip it on in that that one room. Oh, yeah. And you, I mean was, the, you mean the first one after the tutorial? It was, yeah. it was sort of well, morbid. Even the, even the tutorial, like a lot of them were just like one key event would uh, would save them. And it's just like I, I felt think, like there should be more steps in there just because th- it was too easy. I think that was the missed opportunity of this game overall. Like probably my single biggest gripe was there was like a lack of escalation to the puzzles. So yeah, I played the first tutorial mission and then the first like save these two separate people at once mission. And I'm like, this is a really cool premise. You could do some crazy stuff with this. And it kind of never got crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that you would have to find a way to prevent the one drink from being poisoned and figure out. I mean, we actually did follow um oh what was her name trinity to the room where she eventually gets uh devoured by the spider yeah yeah we spent the whole day watching her die (laughs) that was like you yeah you can follow some of the characters where it was funny for me because i saw her go in that spider room and she just wanders off and there's butterflies i'm like okay she's talking to herself she's gonna be there for a while so i I wander off and when I turn mm-hmm. on the camera that solves the puzzle, I, that's the first time I knew there was a spider. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just that surprise, like, oh, God, what's happening to Trinity over there? Because I was just thinking in terms of saving Clay at that moment. I, I was sure that you would have to, like, save people individually. But during all the mm-hmm. double ones, you're essentially just doing one thing that happens to save two people. Yeah, I... It was interesting with the because uh, it was the electric cage in the elevator cage. Uh, that one was interesting because we actually did have to do an extra step that I hadn't anticipated. I think we had thought initially that you had to pull the lever at the same time as the other man. Um, it was Clay's brother, Red, or is that what's his name? Yeah, what's his name? Red Rockridge. Yeah. Red Rockridge. I thought they just had to pull the lever at the same time, but it turns out that what was the extra step? We actually had to find some way to flip. Like, oh, connect. we had to flip the breaker. Yeah, which was hidden behind one of the paintings, or yeah, you know, something kind of silly. Or something. So I found yeah. that right away. So then when I so when I was like, oh, we just flipped them at the same time. I was like, oh, this is that was for I, me. That was the only thing we to figure out. We were having out. trouble having the ghost tell us about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you had to have the ghost tell you about it first or something. Um, I think you did. But, that's yeah. one of those things is you, you can't just touch stuff and see what opens. Like, if there's a secret anywhere, you have to find a document or a person that tells you about it in order oh, to actually go into them. Too. Yeah. So, like, you have to talk to a ghost or something like that. So, that's that's an interesting little quirk because otherwise, it would probably be too easy if you could just yeah. click on everything, especially since stuff that you click on in this game is highlighted. I got to say, I hated the sound effect whenever there was like ghosts in the room and it would be like, Rah! oh, yeah. You go in, oh, that was so. Like, it was a cool effect, and, like, it was nice the first time, because it was just like, oh, that's stylish, and then it's just like, okay, yeah, that for, is really For loud. a game about walking through doors, the actual act of going from room to room was kind of finicky, because not only would your character kind of glitch out using doors on a regular basis, but also, like, every sound effect would just announce itself every time you walked into a room with sound effects. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's the type of stuff that felt like it could have used a little bit more polish. One polish yeah, I didn't notice at all was that apparently uh, inter- whenever you inspect stuff, it changes to a different shade of blue. Huh. Oh. So that way you'd know that you've I already seen it. I beat the entire it. game and didn't notice it until I watched somebody else play the first episode. I'm like, oh, every time it clicks on something, the blue circle changes to a different color blue. And that's how you tell what you've read before in the environment for the entire game. Maybe maybe they shouldn't have had it shades of blue as opposed to yeah, like Yeah, it goes from dark blue, blue to green light blue. Or something like that, Yeah. I think I was just good at remembering. Yeah. I really did like exposing the things in the room, like the fish. The fish was fun. Yeah. Then you actually knew who she was talking to before it just seemed like it was silence. Yeah. Those are the two coolest reveals, probably, as far as Mm -hmm. new information goes, is when you first get uh, super hearing and when you first get like listening to ghosts is like suddenly like scenes play out differently. Yeah. Unfortunately, all of the powers past that point kind of end up being maintenance or Forgotten. things that like things that you click on a button with basically oh yeah like yeah. i was wondering the i think it was uh the silver guys like the old man oh uh his was the one where you could go into T- rooms was he, like and tannis would... or something uh, uh it's a, thanos thanos uh, Thana- okay i think it was thanos uh, thanos Barecki. He- 
Yeah. He had knowledge of all the rooms. And the thing is, you go about and sure, you learn more about them, but it doesn't actually help you solve puzzles. I no, it just fills in your brochure of like your codex for the game, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that that would have been much more useful early Which I, on. I did go back and try to fill it all out. I, uh, I was just so like, bleh. I got very close the, uh, to completionism. I got every single invitation and I was only missing a couple of cards. Did you finish off that weird card room where you had to get all the, like, the bridge? I wanted to go no. back to do just that, but... I might go back to it still, because I have it installed and everything. Because I, yeah, I, mean, I think I when you finish the game, it, it dumps you right back in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, you can you can continue if you want. Yeah. I was just... I was just kind of... It just of feels neat. over when you, when you yeah. get the ending. I, I like to complete stuff before the ending, if I can. Yeah. Because once you get an ending, it feels like it's time to stop playing the game. Yeah, unfortunately, it was just too... Um, yeah, on that earlier subject, like the powers are not created equally. Like there are yeah. some that change the entire game, and other ones where it's like, oh, I can shatter glass now. Yeah, listening was definitely Ooh. useful. The glass was really just to. It break was just those to get cards. And, it was. Yeah. I don't think you it was own, ever actually used to solve a puzzle. You 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 use it, it to break the back window. To yeah, like, yeah to get in the main room, and that's it, basically. That's the most disappointing yeah. thing is when you get the unlocking powers and the card powers, and they're mostly just two open up more cards yeah just grab more collectibles with them i'm like no i wanted to i want this to expand the game each time and they kind of just don't yeah mm. my my issue with that ultimately boiled down to by the time i was in a position where i could go and grab everything i was already too frustrated at the game to care anymore yeah and I did the like uh, how... honestly going back to collect stuff's a little annoying because of the schedule and avoiding people that scare you out of rooms and stuff like that oh, like yeah i'm like oh i just want to be in this specific room to grab this thing and i know exactly and i know where it is and stuff but like now there's people in there and now they're having a chat and i'm like oh <laughs> damn it yeah and then oh i'm in the middle of a thing but now the day reset and i need to where was my last spawn set uh-oh <laughs> there's like oh right it's not the, the most well, it's the type of thing where collecting stuff and looking for secrets while you're solving that mission is interesting, but going also, back isn't as great. <laughs> we no. were we were trying to be uh, we were trying to be tricky about uh, you know when Aurum was flipping the switches to try to align them all as uh, hearts or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, we uh, we, we tried to preset them all. We tried so to that preset, he'd pull but it then it turns out that he's like even though for us. A particular machine it would, would go always from switch. diamond to heart or something it would like that. Switch from one symbol to another. He would symbol. switch it back to spades no matter what. Yeah, it was, it was. It was weird. His, yeah, he him, ruins it no matter what. Him yeah, pulling the lever even though it would have been preset to the right combination for us. It was that was one of the hardest. That was one of the hardest deaths to believe, because I'm like, you guys didn't just look at this thing that says whether or not it's set right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got the it little indication at the top. If it's working or not. Yeah. Everyone uh, else gets surprised by monsters or poisoned or shot or horrible things happen that they never would have expected. Like, even the guy that's like, I'm going to touch the egg. Yeah, it was, like, slightly dumb, but he has no concept for how much danger he could be in yet. So it's like, I mean, it's self-inflicted, but he shouldn't see it coming. The cage above him and everything. Yeah, but it's like, oh, it's a magic act thing. This will be here later. Because he know- he's friends with the guy who runs the place, and he knows that he's taunting him with this egg all the time. And he, and he has no idea that this is like some sort of horrible trap because yeah. nobody but knows they were that. Hearing gunshots and glass. No, they were hearing noises, but like yeah, the bell. But the bell ringing. But they had been going to this for years, so like they really didn't have a whole lot of reason to be like suddenly suspicious of their their best. Yeah, you know, one no of their guest best ever witnesses another guest's death, do they? Uh. Mm, it, with the exception, with the exception of, of the pairs. Yeah, besides pairs. Like, no one yeah. ever, like, ever before their death scene finds out anyone else is going to die. Yeah, no. So it's like, it's always a shock all night, even though you're used to it. So it's like, it's yeah. easy to blame them, but like, it's totally outside of the realm of reasonableness to think that anything's going wrong that's that scary without any evidence that besides from some noises. But mm-hmm. like, that one with like, well, this thing's both a. This is like the bad egg dispenser from Willy Wonka, but also an elevator. It has to be set a certain way. Let's not look at the display that clearly displays whether or not it's going to burn us alive. <laughs> it was really hard to accept. Yeah, especially because the guy made it himself. Yeah. It was like, if it was Aurum hearing about it after the fact, being like, oh, okay, so I have to like pull every lever. And then I go in the knee of the elevator, and then he dies, and then Thanos shows up and is like, no, you idiot. And, like, that would make perfect sense because yeah. Aurum very clearly, de- you know, showed himself off to be. You know, 
he didn't give a shit and that's why he died. Speaking mm-hmm. of the burning alive, if I remember specifically that, I mean, this is a big spoiler, the Marquis falling out of the tower and into the lawn. Trying to figure like, out who that sur- was all game was weird. I know. I, I like I we, knew it was the guy on the main cover because he was the center. Yeah, when we figure. finally made it out there, we figured it out pretty quick. It's like, oh, it's the Marquis because we can see like we a bit of his outfit. We thought we'd have to save him. Yeah, so later. we thought we'd have to save him. Uh, and, that, yeah. and the thing was, it <laughs> meant that, like, I mean, obviously it wasn't the right uh, sequence of events, but if in fact all of those things were occurring in the place, uh, it wouldn't have his be- been his fault that everyone had died. It would have been his staff. But, and Eleanor would be out in the house tending to the nursery. But that was all a dream. The game is yeah. shockingly short, by the way. Like, at first you're like, "Oh yeah, seven different sets of guests, like either individuals or pairs." But mm-hmm. once you factor into Some? like the first one's a tiny tutorial one, and the last one is like a very like it's like a it's another like micro like ship in a bottle scenario, like the first one was, where like it's there's not much thought and it's very brief. Uh, you realize that the the main body is five puzzles. That's yeah, how, that's how weird. That's how surprisingly brief the game becomes in retrospect. And I thought that what would have been the second act of the game was to find a way to get from one to the other to the other to the other and save them all in a day. Create your perfect path. It'd be cool if that mm-hmm. existed. Like if it was possible to enter a mode where you could at least try to do that. But I don't think there's. I don't there wasn't know if, enough I don't know time. If you even, even at the end of the game, well, I don't know if you can try. Can you? No, you can't. Um, yeah. Part of the part of the reason why it wouldn't work is some of them were so time, de- like so demanding time wise that it would have been impossible, and the mirrors weren't set up at all, like so that the, you'd be if able the to get through. Time didn't go as swiftly as they were. I think they were paced throughout the day. Like if if the hours didn't go by as swiftly as they did, it would have been possible potentially. Did you guys ever save someone Especially twice? With the teleportation. We did, except then Eleanor would pop up. Yeah, and, and go, she'd be like. You, you know, well, you've she was got better things woman. to do than this, and it's just yeah. like, no, we don't. Like, no, you have another guest to attend. That's what to. I figured is like, isn't there like a, a cutscene that spawns, which would really screw with your ability to try to do them all at once? Yeah, but yeah, that, that's the thing. I thought it was going to be a separate part of the end game. Yeah, but... so you, you never get to full on Dead Rising it. No, nope. are you trying to do the optimum path to save all the idiot people that are trapped everywhere in the mall? <laughs> Dead Rising. <laughs> uh, uh, you're. So Dead Rising is like a zombie survival game okay. where like zombie apocalypse happens and you're in a mall for some reason and you have to save everybody that was at the mall at the time. Well, wasn't wasn't the mall a setting for uh, like the the Night of the Living Dead or something? Yeah, one the of the old one, Dawn of the Dead. That's a that's the thing is the Night of the Living Dead and then there's Dawn of the Dead. I haven't seen yeah, either, so, uh, but I really should. Dead Rising was very very clearly like inspired based on these things. Yeah, yeah. So it follows mm-hmm. that trip of being in a mall and everything. And you don't have to save everyone because that's actually not the story. The story is investigating what caused the apocalypse to happen around here, basically, and a bunch of like threads that connect that. But a side mm-hmm. activity you can do over the course of the game is you keep getting notified that various people are trapped in, in various parts of the uh, in various parts of the mall. And, and you can try to plan your route so you can get to each of them and save them in time and oh. escort them back to your safe room. But it's like a huge... It's a huge hassle. Like, it is very much a challenge run to get any decent percentage of them in any given run. But much like Sexy Brutal, that game has, like, the whole thing where it's running on a clock at all times. And everything has Mm -hmm. a schedule to it. But the entire game never resets. Unless you force a New Game Plus scenario, which a lot of people do to make it easier. Because you can, like, you you can play, like, halfway through the game and level up while you're going there. And then just quit and start over, but import that character. And you can do that whenever, however many times you want. So people curb the difficulty that way. Yep. Well, let's oh, talk nice. about the ending Wonder wants to talk about. So <laughs> uh, you get through this game, all these like kind of wonderful, interesting murders, and then you hit the ending, and it just kind of the game stops. Well, first, I guess would be the easy way to say it. Like it just it it gave up. First, you're brought into a basement where you find a cell. And you're like, oh, someone's been kept down here for ages. You know, look, we keep watering this tree and it keeps growing. Uh, so, I mean, you, you obviously know that there's someone stuck in this perpetual loop forever. 
Yeah. And so then the, I guess the last thing after okay, so at the very end, one of the uh, weirdest the last things people, about getting to the basement is just the fact that you suddenly are solving puzzles that aren't about saving people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're solving these like weird puzzles to open up a door. It's and, a door to you. Yeah, so like I I guess so and then you get the grand it, reveal the where is, the game goes full BioShock Infinite. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard to like kind of put my frustration about all of this into words. You're avoiding actually saying what happens. Well, so like <laughs> you kind of have to you kind of have to you kind of have to approach it first. Like you can't just be like and then you get in the door and then it was all a dream. Like that doesn't work. So yeah. like the entire point of this game is like the whole time it's been kind of alluding to to this being like um kind of a supernatural thing, I guess would be the uh uh would be the the way to say it like i was able to suspend my disbelief with the you know demon anglerfish and other yeah, things yeah like it kind of fit cuz like you just got, exist in this world yeah you've got mm. this like uh bizarre time travel power and you're just like okay you know i can i can believe this like, why not i really knew that the the bleeding woman was a ghost of some sort so i'm like okay and there are ghosts already existing in this place you know maybe yeah, maybe you are going through this just to try to save the other guests and yourself. Or maybe you had died and then you're helping them. Or maybe you could would die, but then you help them instead. So just yeah, to I, actually I, explain how this game ends, more or less, is that yeah. you go into the... You get you reach the basement, and the basement gets weird because it, start, it starts getting surreal and impossible. You start getting rooms that can't fit together. You have one that's just an abyss full of cards that are floating. You have one that's an outdoor graveyard in your basement. Like, that's literally like, it's like you walk through a door and run around while the different... Yeah, one room's an entirely just one giant gramophone you can run on. And before long, you open a door and you find, like, this old man in, like, this Zordon-style, like, giant vial that's just, like, apparently being tortured watching through these mirrors as all these people die every day. And the guy with the skull face that's that's been showing up from moment to moment throughout the game through doors uh, basically just taunts you and, like, he runs you through, like, all the ways that each person dies and, like, some sort of irony about their death. And, like, one of them was, like, he even talks about, like, uh, like topping up, like, updating the Red Rockridge and and other guy death, like, that, that pale to make it more, like, ironic and touching and stuff like that. And you oh, start... I did this for a little bit of flair. <laughs> yeah, like there's this weird feeling that like he's creating, he's intentionally masterminding deaths that are somehow like ironic to the lives of the people that are dying and things like that. And as you go on, you find out that apparently, like you you witness you witness the uh, what was happening where the marquee has been this entire time. You see him up he in his room. He wanted insurance and, yeah, for the fi- mansion. You find out that he was planning to demolish this entire place to claim insurance, and he invited all his friends over as witnesses. And the plan was that they would all go outside for some event or whatever, and then when, when, once the mansion was empty, it would explode. And it would be a horrible accident, and look at all these witnesses to see what happened. And I was here, too, like with them, so I couldn't have done it and all that stuff. But it all goes off wrong Why? and explodes with everybody in the mansion still. So everyone dies as a result of his mistake. And but because he fell out the window and landed in the garden. And he's the, the one garden. survivor. That scene of him falling yeah. out the window you keep seeing throughout the game is actually him, be- his, him becoming the one survivor. And he's so guilty over what happened uh, because these well, were spent his years friends in jail. that... Well, that's that's not super important, really. But <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, he's, that, that too. He he's had just time to mull over it. He's so guilty over what happened that he essentially starts torturing himself, and that he enter he he enters this basically infinite time loop uh, where uh, he's trapped in this mansion with all of his friends as they die over and over again, and he seems to completely lose his mind because it's revealed that the skull face guy is like first of all the protagonist is the marquee the skull face guy is the marquee the guy being tortured in the vial watching everyone die over and over again is the marquee and every single gas mask uh servant that kills people throughout the entire game are also all the marquee all separate copies of the same person person looping over and over again through time basically doing every job themselves it's almost as though all of these uh the deaths were orchestrated in his mind as a it's odd. It's it's not like he wanted to... It seems like he would almost want to divert the blame 
by having all of these other extenuating circumstances that were beyond his control. But then they weren't beyond his control because he could save them, but it didn't have anything to do with the fire. It just... And so I, I enjoyed this part because the one specifically Skullface is the most he's like the most specifically evil incarnation of the Marquis and the the one that's mm-hmm. most cynical about this whole thing. But he's even also he, the most youthful. he's the one that touches up uh, the idea of like Red and the locksmith guy having a more touchingly ironic death if they change which order they die in, so that like it breaks his heart to see him die and his lover die first and stuff like that, like those kinds of things made me realize mm-hmm. that like the the reason why these weird manifestations are happening why everyone's dying in such specific ways is because he's trying to assign meaning to everyone's death mm-hmm. everyone died so immediately and senselessly in the explosion that he's doing these things like where like oh this person dies in this ironic situation where he finds the greatest treasure of his entire life but it's caught in a trap and he dies as his lover looks on and like all these like everything has a meaning and a purpose to it all of a sudden everyone's dying in such specific ways to their personality and what they do as opposed to just randomly in an explosion and it's like it's, it feels like he's trying to grasp at some kind of meaning and in a weird mm. way like it feels like every different incarnation of the marquee is like a different stage of grief like elements of wrath and searching for meaning and trying to undo it which is impossible but trying anyway which is what the protagonist does is you're playing as the Mm -hmm. the version of him trying to undo the mistake which can never be done both because it already happened and isn't real uh and so like was lafcadio ever real early no lafcadio died like so uh the point is i know that lafcadio dies had looked up to him yeah was that so so the Marquis looked up to Lafcadio. Lafcadio dies in the chapel. Like, he burns to death there. Um, mm-hmm. And um, since the Marquis idolizes Lafcadio so much, he puts himself in Lafcadio's position. Uh, because Lafcadio, to him, Lafcadio is kind of the savior. The, uh, the Well, wasn't he a former gambler that... Uh, Lafcadio used to own a casino... Yeah. In a very similar fashion to... Like, even his death was given more weight with this idea of, like, burning a priest in a chapel. Yeah. As opposed to dying randomly in a attempt at gaining insurance money. <laughs> Which, if I was displeased with my lot in life and had this huge mansion full of, uh, you know, all of these artifacts, the the really nice instruments from famous artists and stuff... They probably would have yeah. touched enough for him to buy a little cottage so, somewhere with his wife. Like, he didn't need something so lavish that he had to destroy them. Like, ah. Uh, I guess. How much insurance money can you get for something like that? <laughs> like. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that, I that just, might be the biggest plot hole in the entire thing is the weird money problems. Yeah, yeah. he could have like, sold it. The only thing is, like, maybe the place is somehow so massively in debt that it's like the debt's greater than the value in the first place or something like but wouldn't the insurance only cover the value of the place so yeah it doesn't make sense either way generally it's hard to profit via insurance yeah unless you yourself has been harmed like Like, like, i know there's been weird issues like like my dad bought a house like shortly before 9-11 and like Mm -hmm. for a while there like there was just massive problems in like what the value of the house was versus what he was paying and like all these other issues and like shit can just go wrong in ways that I don't fully understand with property sometimes. But yeah. It's, I mean, there's also like issues like you have mold in the walls. Yeah. You have, you know, this kind of damage. And it's like, oh, okay. Like those are unforeseen costs. I mean, unless it makes the place condemnable. Yeah. I can't, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy is so, the, the Marquis is probably so confident and self-assured and so just do whatever that he probably was so confident that ah, this will work and it's no big deal that like he doesn't even question whether or not it's worth the risk. Yeah, and like that was yeah. the big thing that he regrets in all these cycles, among other things, is like how ca- how casually he decided to do this thing that had the biggest consequences of his life, but thought he thought it would be no big thing. It was a gamble, and he lost. Ba-dum-tsh. Yeah, like you know the whole like aspect of gambling that goes along with a casino and everything. 
the very thing that he was trying to run away from was the thing that led to his downfall. And that of all his innocent friends. Like. It yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't the surest way for him to attain his goal. The safe way would have been to liquidate as much as he could and downscale to something else. I mean, that's what he was wanting to do. He was wanting to create a new life for himself and his wife once a child yeah, is to be born. But almost nothing about this mansion suggests that he's a sensible person when it comes to no. this kind of thing. No, no. And yeah. Just so sad. I uh, guess you voice your grievances, Wander. Do it. Okay. Do it. <laughs> so I guess the problem is this entire game has been kind of setting this this casino up to be this kind of like crazy place. It's like um I guess it's kind of like the Winchester Mansion. You know, it's this, like, giant building with, like, more mysteries than it has answers. And, like, there's very clearly magic going on, seeing as there's this, like, bloodied, skinless woman guiding you along here, which is, like, really messed up and weird. Mm -hmm. um, I thought she always had skin. She was just covered nope. in blood. No, no, there's muscle Yeah, if you, uh, there, there's some, like, official artwork of her, and she's just straight up missing, like, skin. It's horrifying. Oh, great. She's yeah. just a nightmare. Yeah, she's a nightmare. Out who she was at the time, I thought she was the yeah. unborn baby. No, she's no, the wife. She's the wife. She's the wife. She's she right. Said, she's a copy of the wife, right? Yeah. Well, because Sixpence is actually the uncle, and she said, "My uncle." Oh, oh, no, yeah. Mister Sixpence. Like she caught herself at one point. Yeah, uh, I, I think towards the end they're very ex fairly explicit about like her being Eleanor. Yeah, yeah, Eleanor. Sorry, I was thinking Elizabeth for whatever. And it's like that wrong game. Yeah. Um. Because we're thinking about Bioshock in the background and comparing yeah, the exactly. endings. Um, but so, uh, they're fairly explicit about her being that. But yeah, so um, they just kind of set it up to be this like cool supernatural thing, and then by the end of it, it wasn't. Like I, I hate endings where it's just like it was all in your mind. Because it just feels like this gigantic cop-out, I guess. Because instead of coming up with, like, a really interesting way of, like, tying it all together and, like, having a convincing villain, it's just, like, the villain was you, and it was you your mistakes that led you to this. And, like, I'm totally okay with that. Like, I actually would have been fine with him being the cause of things, but it bugged me that... They had gone with the, like, it, this has all just been in your head, you know, this it has been in your mind the entire time. a kind of red pill versus blue pill matrix kind of ending of, do you want to live this fallacy in relative comfort? Well, not comfort. It was Do you even have comfort. a choice to not forgive him? Yeah, you do. Um, what, do you, what do you do to not forgive him? Because the day is looping. Yeah, gold gold skull is just like, or, you know, just uh, continue this. do you want to end this, end this day or... You know, we could always oh, right. just it was do... A, there was a dialogue choice, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. so... I was thinking uh, Gold... of a mechanical form of not forgiving him. Nope, Gold Skull is just right. very, very much just like, you know, I I don't want to forgive. Uh, hey, who, who the hell reaches that point of the game and is like, yeah, I'm going to hit no? Like, I'm going, I, <laughs> I was actually tempted to hit no to we see what would happen. We were wondering if we could complete more of the game that way and then do this later, but then we were concerned that if we chose that... I mean, you could probably reinitiate the series of events that would take you to the end again. But then we were, didn't want to have to deal with waiting I, I through all the I don't think anyone sees that option as like their canonical choice, though. Like, mm -mm, no. You no, might be like, oh, let's, no. let's click on everything as a normal thing in video games. But, like, I don't, I can't think of why anyone would want that to be their ending. Like, their one yeah. ending. It's like, you, so I don't like, even know what it's in it, but, like, who would, why? <laughs> it's such a weird, it's my, a crazy choice. My frustration with all this just kind of boiled down to the fact that it's just like, it was kind of this, like, odd cop out ending at the end of this, like, big magical journey, effectively. Yeah. I mean, like, we're using time travel powers for crying out loud. Like, that's that's a pretty big premise to work with. And then you just kind of invalidate it all being like, nope, this is all just kind of in your imagination. Also, I was so upset that when you did, you know, agree to stop it all and, like, escape, then the butlers that were revealed to be other versions of you, they did yeah, all of the... The entire time, Shell had been really hoping for the you solve every murder on your own. Like, well, she really wanted that. 
And then then you just see all of your little minions do it for you. Yeah, you just and you're like, dupe no, yourself up and then it's just like, well, that. that was... I wanted to have the epic... Like, I would have liked it if you had said, no, I'm going to save them all to, like, Mr. Goldskull and, you know, then I'll leave this wretched place forever. And he's like, pah, good luck with that. And then you do it and maybe everyone's gathered outside of the mansion or something and then it blows up <laughs> and... Then they have, they give you that, like, thank you that you had been wanting all along, and then you, like, get shunted back into the real wood, and you're like, ah, actually, they're all dead, but at least I have some kind of closure. Even if it was fake closure. Yeah, despite this, I think, I think the more I think about it, the more I'm coming out positive on the story. And I think, like, it's, uh, interesting, like, I don't really want to spoil the other game, because it's not the topic of this podcast, but... I'm spoiling a little bit by just acknowledging its similarities, but in, in Bioshock mm-hmm. Infinite, it also has like a pull the rug out from under your feet ending uh, that's not like the Bioshock 1 ending, but like more like this one where it's like something fundamental about the game changes when you realize the twist. But where that game, I feel like stumbles so hard because it literally stops being a video game after all this video gaming this, so that I can then tell you, like, 17 plot twists in a row and dismantle the foundations of the game's rules and, like, uh, yeah. reveal, reveal, reveal credits. And, like, like it got, that, like that, that, that game got so out of my grasp and so fantastical and so, like, just kind of up its own ass with its branching, with its branching, like, timelines and all these crazy things happening. And it was so dense and dumped on you all at once as opposed to throughout the game in a way that didn't Mm -hmm. work for me and kind of felt like it didn't accomplish much in its complexity besides just being complex for the sake of it whereas sexy brutal once i realized what was going on at the end like the twist worked for me because it's about grief and it's about such Mm. a like such strong overtones of like trying to search for meaning in us in something that doesn't have meaning when you lose everybody in a horrible way like yeah like viewing it through that lens like made the whole ending work for me even if it meant throwing away anything that i that i wanted the game to be at that point i guess i guess i just i generally i like games that kind of end with some level of, like, closure and happiness, uh, even though, obviously, like, that's wildly unrealistic. Unreal- um, I still would have liked it if, instead of seeing the minions saving all your friends, you did it yourself. Yeah, but, like, there's no way. I know. <laughs> I know. Just start playing some montage music and run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Live to uh, win. <laughs> I, unfortunately, uh, in, in regards to that, I knew that was never going to happen because the moment uh, two murders took place at, at 10, 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Because almost all of them it, take place in like the last quarter of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the moment that happened, I was just like, all right, it's not going to happen. As much as like Shell and I would both. If there was a play to put the clock in real time or not. No, not real time. That'd be too much. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like. Times three or four time, oh, you know. Yeah. No, it w- it would have been interesting. It actually would have been interesting if uh, after you solve a couple of murders, you actually go back to the previous ones and you solve them faster, like you almost set it up beforehand. Yeah. Or like, um, you know, you like you could easily switch the one uh, bullet cartridge and then forget about it. Yeah, but I. I don't know. I guess I just have trouble letting go letting go of it in favor of the writing because the ending wasn't as impactful for me because of what we had mentioned earlier that like the the way that like everything backfired on him was so unrealistic like him blowing up his own mansion with bombs to have it all like burned down so you get get the insurance money and stuff like that. Interesting. I I guess for me part of it is like I was actually really disappointed that we didn't find out why the bombs went off wrong. Like it was there was a bad wire. But on every single one of them? No, no, on his detonator thing. Like he had timed it and it was the time was input incorrectly. Oh. He, he set up I the basic know. detonator wrong. It was interesting going back and realizing that like, there was a reason why there was a specific thing sketched on every single fireplace to mark that the bombs had been placed in them. Yeah, they oh, all had like a moth. Every fireplace had a moth on it. 
that was like yeah, drawn we, there. We had we had seen it, Shell. Okay. Uh, I think we'd even remarked on it, and you'd yeah. been like very insistent on me checking it out, and I was just like, yeah, "There's nothing it's, there." Because it's Shell. like a stray. It's such a stray detail that that. that but like. Every time you look at any fireplace, your character always remarks on the weird moth that's drawn there or whatever. And no, well, ne there's never more to it. There's always just the same moth on every fireplace. You're like, no, no, no. Why is the game telling me that? And no, you no, find no, out that's probably moth, why. No, 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 no. The moth is actually on all the sculptures. It's actually the sort of signature of Trinity. Yes, but it's also on the fire fireplaces. So she could have sculpted those too. It could be. It was. Yeah, the, I was, don't know. The, was it the same thing that was on the statue, or am I mixing it up with something else? Statues, I felt like there was yeah. there was a mark on the fireplaces. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there I were moths on all maybe the statues. Maybe it wasn't it a was moth on the, on the stat on the fireplaces. Then maybe it was something else. I feel like mm -hmm. there was something on the. I could have sworn there was something on the fireplaces that was described as basically being drawn on there, and it was just like a weird detail the game kept announcing, and it felt and so like it retroactively felt like the re like it was signifying where all the uh, bombs have been placed so far and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say they were marked. I don't know. Definitely um, a neat little game. Not one that that really begs for any repeat playthroughs because there's only like the one thing to do, which is kind of a all-encompassing problem with adventure games for the most part. They don't... Yeah, replayability is hard unless it's either for yeah. nostalgia's sake or whatever. I know like, that what, I could actually play through Bioware games again for, but that's not outcomes. an adventure game. Yeah. It is, it is an adventure. And those have those have branching dialogue RPG. and different yeah. things that you can focus on. And also, like generally, it's fun to relive that plot. Like that's something, the that, plot that's, something that's actually special about like King's Quest, the new one, specifically mm -hmm. Episode One. Uh, without telling you, is filled with like branching solutions for every puzzle or about or huh. several of the puzzles for key points where like you can turn in different things at different stages of the quest to s fulfill the requirement but if you aren't looking close enough you would think that that was the only solution and then you find then you see somebody else doing you're like wait what that's a that works okay like that's that kind thought... of like that supports replay in a way that adventure games just don't generally oh yeah i'd actually thought that if that was used as a mechanic in a like a it, it's interesting if you had a fairly linear game at least in appearance but had yes the way or the manner in which you solve particular aspects of a level determine something later on uh and a combination of like how you uh complete certain missions later on like you know how there's always the whole like you are the pacifist you are you know sort of violent or you find you know other like intellectual solutions to things that eventually ranks up to something that is tabulated later and affects how you either interact with characters or a final outcome. It would be interesting if in this game, like when you placed a thing, it became permanent, for example. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, if like you place a thing to solve a puzzle and then it becomes a permanent solution for that puzzle and that thing's now solved forever. And like every day that that solution rematerializes every day or something like that and keeps then, continually solving itself. Then you but, could save everyone. But what if certain items could clearly be used to solve multiple people's murders? Yeah, it actually would have been interesting if they gave you full run of the mansion from the beginning. And the entire point was you have 24 hours to set the entire mansion up like dominoes. And so, like, here's a bunch of booleans that you can set, you know, this trigger that goes either here, here, or here. And depending on, like, where you put everything, like, in conjunction with each other, could either save, like, multiple people but kill somebody early. Yeah. Um... It'd be, so, like, it'd be interesting if like to... one item could save one person or another one way, but then you later find a, a, another person that dies in a way that's clearly also be like, like you clearly can see a way to save them with the same item, but they both die at the same time. So then you're like, which of these two people can I find a different solution for so I can use the solution that works on both of them for one for the other one and stuff like that. Like that that mm -hmm. type of stuff could be interesting. But how yeah, the I... hell do you pull out that off in an indie game too? Uh... It wouldn't be impossible. I mean, honestly, they all they would have had to do is just had the giant mansion open to you from the beginning. Or, like, yeah. maybe they do it kind of Metroidvania style where, like, you solve one murder and then it unlocks a new power for you. You would need to be able to That you then bring mirrors. back and remix in and you It's know, more that they just need to increase the others. scale of the game from a design standpoint. I'm not even sure scale, just complexity. I really thought well, that when we got the ability to transport from a design standpoint. mirrors that we would get there. Ish. Like I would say, like Scaling Horizon Zero Dawn the same is the thing when you're saying the word design as opposed to like the world or something. 
Yeah, I guess it's a good point because I'd I'd say Horizon Zero Dawn is scale, whereas I'd say yeah, that's why I said scale from a design standpoint. Yeah, yeah, which is not I world guess building scale, but like the scale of the project, like the scale of what you're what you're laying out. Like words it's, are dumb. It's <laughs> a di- yeah, it's the difference between uh, having some talk with some assholes on your ship on Mass Effect Andromeda versus like. The Citadel DLC of Mass Effect 3, where 500 different permutations could happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that level of scale of like, you've got to make so much of the same, of so many things that could possibly happen in one room. And that's where things get scary. But mm-hmm. that's also where games get amazing when they can do it. I, I never liked it when there was only one object or solution to a particular puzzle. Because I remember there there definitely been adventure games where I find an item that could definitely be used. Like, you know how you can have a lighter or a candle? It's like, woohoo, you know, I'm going to, you know, use this candle to light the rope on fire. Oh, wait, you know, no, sure, you have the flame lit and everything, but it's doing nothing. No, I mean, no, yeah, that, you need this That's the worst thing instead. is when a game has similar items, but only one of them works. Mm-hmm. You have a cup and a pail, but you actually need you actually need this eyedropper. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. All right, so I, I think that's about they all we're gonna cover water, for sexy right? brutal tonight. Huh? Yeah, that's probably all we have to I, say for that. Yeah, I, there'd be more. Like, there's more to say, but ultimately, it's just kind of rehashing points. Yeah, it was a really fun game, and like, I have my problems with the ending, but. Yeah. ultimately it was still like a very worthy experience which is part of the reason why i was kind of like holding my tongue because like yeah the farther i get away from it the more i understand why the ending is the way it is it just doesn't fully get rid of the the feelings of just like i was stupid i one thing that i would have actually liked to have seen was uh i, I remember that when we came upon the dinner room like the dining room we thought that we would actually be able to see the party if we were, in fact, able to save everyone. Oh, time yeah. And other That's things. something that actually bugged me all the time. You know how every once in a while there's, like, the announcement being, like, the Marquis party at, like, X? I know that's supposed to be, like, when... When the, everything was gonna... Yeah, when the place blow. was supposed to, like, blow up and burn. But we never got to see the Marquis party. You know, I... I'm trying to think back to that. I feel like uh, some people were trying to hypothesize that that was supposed to be something related with like the magic show or something or some other elements that yeah. was supposed to happen yeah. at night. But yeah, it probably was supposed to be the actual thing that it was probably that repeating message in his head over and over again of like the one that was supposed to call everyone out. And yeah, it just burned guess- as a permanent fixture in there. I I wish it. I, I wish they had actually done it. You know how at the end of the day, like uh, at, at the end of the. Tw- the 12 hour period that you had to play if it um you know it always uh it would always be like raining and like the room would start to shake and then you'd be forcibly like reset i think it would have been better if they'd actually started the clock earlier in the day and that it would have ended at like 7 p.m with the mansion setting on fire really fast you know explosions and stuff like that if if every day ended at the time the mansion was supposed to explode in real life and cuts yeah. everything short every time and you, and you don't even know I, why it's happening until the end yeah and i i think that would have actually been a much more satisfying ending for me well because i would have been able to because there'd be a setup and payoff for the yeah exactly the explosions. and so it would be the final it would be the final like uh it would be like the final mystery solved. It's like, okay, why does why does the mansion blow up? You know, uh, when you've run the clock out, and the answer is because it literally blew up. And <laughs> the ending and that I had, in, yeah, I know that's contrary to what we were talking about, but the ending that I had actually envisioned was you do go about uh, now that you have the ability to go through the mirrors, you can instantaneously you know teleport from one room to another, giving you the opportunity to save everyone in a day. Uh, with everyone saved, you know, the announcement comes, everyone goes to the party, and they're like, well, what did you do today? Oh, I almost got killed by this machine. You know, I was nearly, you know, eaten by a spider. And, um, you know, oh, you know, I, I was just singing the song, and, you know, it was, you know, just I mean, they could almost handle and- that by having Lafcadio, like, in that mirror room split into seven different people and go out and rescue everyone simultaneously. Well, yeah. that's what he did. 
That's what he did. It, but it, I would have liked it happened, the... but also didn't have to happen at all because the game didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, right. But I would have liked like, it if they all had this dinner party. Yeah, and they that was exchanged... weird. Like they the go to this the gesture way... of rescuing well, everyone is weird when you when you when you know it's not real. I, I guess the point was supposed to be like you're kind of freeing yourself from the torment of their yeah. endless deaths. Right, right. But I would have liked it if they had that little discussion at the end and it was all everyone together. Yeah. And then then he was like. Looking but that would have been friends. like even more shitty if it's just like and you know everybody happily like getting together and having a last meal. That'd be so and then like, it's like cloying and saccharine to just have it end uh, with like everyone yeah. having a picnic and smiling. I, I think I would hate that more. It's just like <laughs> we're all dead and in your head, but we forgive you. And it, it, like it made <laughs> sense with Eleanor because like okay, well then 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 the whole place it, then a midnight would have struck and everything sort of crumbles. But instead of everything turning back. It, everything is just light and then you're outside the ruins of the mansion and see it still feels like too happy of a like ending like that is that is the ending i wanted yeah, and no, if it, you're then, outside the ruins like of the in mansion my opinion, no one can no one can forgive him yeah like you can't let anyone besides maybe his wife ever forgive him even if they're fake because mm -hmm. it makes no sense for them to ever forgive him like, oh, no. It was a senseless way to die that made no sense and was horrible. All he can, the only way it can end is with some form of him forgiving himself, or at least just choosing to move forward, which is basically how it ends. But uh, they, you can only, you can, the only way to have a happy ending with all of the murder victims is if the entire game was literal up until the ending, and you were literally saving them all. <laughs> Because mm -hmm. the moment that it's his fault for everything, like, and the you find out about the mansion, like, once that's in the game, then they then there's no forgiveness to be had anymore. Yeah, and I mean, averting and by like, in order to stop it, didn't you literally have to cut a wire in his detonation device? And he's like, "Oh, well, I I can't do this now. My plan is yeah. foiled." You know that kind of well, thing. Well, you screw with this you screw with this detonator or something, and then he notices the time is wrong, and that's and that causes him to fix it. And it's like, oh god, if that had, if that had been left like that, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Because it was that simple of a of a mistake that caused everything to go wrong, and so you mess with something that makes him notice that the time is wrong, and then he fixes it. But what and does that achieve? It just it just breaks the loop, and then leads to the scene where everyone takes their masks off, and you find out what the reality of what's actually going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It achieves exactly as much as saving the last six people did. Yeah. I don't know. I I guess they could have handled it better. So at all. Yeah, okay. I wonder if I wonder if they'd actually written it without that ending at first. I I wonder if they actually had a different ending and they had half the game made and then somebody sat down and was just like this ending probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Maybe we should change it. And that's kind I mean, of where we got. I would say the game almost certainly wasn't created with that ending. Yeah, like, I won an argument with this way by researching it once. Where like we mm -hmm. had this argument with me, Joe, and Andrew about the premise of uh, Amnesia: The Dark Descent, because oh. I had a very specific idea of how game development works, and they had different ideas. And I was fairly sure I was right, so I backed it up with research afterwards. And it was the idea that like, oftentimes. A huge number of video games are made from their building blocks first and not their like story and setting and so on. Like there are right, some so games that are about the story to the game. Yeah, like there are some games that are about their story, obviously. Like that Dragon Cancer, the whole premise is the story, yeah. and then you make a game that tries to express that thing. Like that does happen. Nothing I'm saying is a universal thing. But when you play a game like Amnesia the Dark Descent or Machine for Pigs or many games like that, or like action games and stuff like that the basic premise comes first like horizon zero dawn we're gonna make a game where you play as tribal people that fight against mecha dinosaurs boom that's the starting point and we build from there and everything else comes with time all the way down to like the story explanations of what the fuck's going on and so on and so forth and for amnesia when i was looking into its specific history it was like yeah it was a horror game where you hide in closets and you manage like a lantern oil and you have to escape a thing that you that you can't fight back against throughout the entire game like that was the mm -hmm. premise and the the actual story and setting were so loose that one year before the game came out they literally changed the entire setting by like a hundred years and completely redid the castle and like did changed everything about it like that's mm. oftentimes mm. how 
how per how cha how non-permanent the actual story elements of a game can be is that oftentimes it's all about expressing of the expression of mechanics and the specific goal you have and then you figure out how a story fits all into it it's Did like you ever hear that about journey actually that they they made the game all the way up to the ending yeah and they couldn't and then figure out how to the end final it. song and then they, yeah, made they a got game really about the song. lucky with that <laughs> Yeah. If it wasn't for Austin Wintry, they would have been boned. Yeah, so for those that don't know, yeah, when they when they made Journey, they got the guy making the entire soundtrack basically wrote them an ending in the form of the song, and they made well, a then they finished the game based around that. So the weird crazy no thing is it's actually two things. So they actually made the entire game around Austin Wintry's soundtrack. Like they didn't they didn't have anything other than a basic like gameplay tech demo of them sand surfing. And they're like, so we have like kind of this, but like it's nothing. Write us like a bunch of songs. And he did. And he came in and then they <laughs> got to work, which was cool. And so uh, whenever they get stuck, they'd have him write a new song. And then they base the rest of the game around it, which was fascinating uh, yeah. to hear about. But it's a cool uh, collaboration style. Yeah. So what happened, uh, what you actually might not know is um, uh, it broke, actually. The, the reason why they have the ending that like happened uh, was actually two parts. So one, Austin Wintry coming in with a song that made them like think up the ending there. But also, Austin Wintry's friend came in to try the game out, and the game broke. Uh, so <laughs> I guess to spoil Journey at the very end, okay. you die. You freeze to death up, up at the top of a mountain right before you reach your goal, which is super sad. And then it stopped there. It actually like legitimately broke. But and then it started floating or something? Uh, no, they were, like, stuck in a white void or whatever, and hmm. so the guy, like, leaves the room in tears because it was such an, an emotional experience for them, uh, and everybody's just like, what? Like, we thought this was kind of, like, a weak thing, and we're trying to, like, figure it out, and that's why we're just, like, letting people come in and have opinions, and then they go into the room and they see that the game's hung, and, like, it's just legitimately crashed <laughs> on the, uh, <laughs> test PS3 that they had there, and, have you, um, have you played the Beginner's Guide? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> that game was fascinating. And to say nothing and I about that. I never knew that about Journey, so now I'm sort of reluctant to ever play it. You didn't want to play it to begin with. Well, part of it was you're ordering me around. You're like, Michelle, you should play this. I played it through before. And then, you know, I was just exploring and trying to figure out where to go. And you're like, no, you're supposed to go here. No, I, you're supposed to I, go there. I am definitely guilty of some of this, but and yeah. It was mm -hmm. it was definitely an experience of just like you clearly weren't feeling it even then like you weren't very well, interested it didn't to help begin that with. It was very late at night and this was on a vacation that I had, you know, driven over to your house for and would have to go back within a week. Yeah. It was that was when we were long distance. It was not a good time. Yeah. But to, to also express the idea of like how story works in games and stuff, like mm -hmm. a really good thing that I always go back to is do you, have you guys seen like the behind the scenes stuff for actually I've shown you this wander I think because it was in the Plinkett reviews is the behind the scenes stuff of when they were making the Phantom Menace and okay. there's like scenes of George Lucas and stuff like that in the documentary footage and the one that always sticks with me is there's a moment where he's like God they're already working on sets I should really I really need to start working on a script oh yeah <laughs> for Phantom Menace and that's how video game planets. stories work in many projects. And that's why yeah. they—that's why they're so weird and disjointed—is that a lot of games have levels and mechanics and a progression before they have a plot to tie it all mm -hmm. together. Sometimes but, I wonder with games like Mist. I mean, they have a really nice story that goes along with it, but I'm wondering if like things could have worked in like people could have conceived of puzzles for it independently of the story because the story doesn't really tie in unless you read like the lore tidbits from journals and whatnot. So mist, mist and abduction and stuff like that are weird because they're you have to explore an environment that has a context built into it and mm -hmm. solve puzzles that are built into that environment. So like I'm sure that they workshop individual puzzles along the way and there's certain ones that they made up in advance and they're oh I can't wait to use this in a game and stuff like that. But as far as development for those games go, I would not be surprised at all if they actually have a fully fleshed story and progression stru and structure for the game first and then come up with the puzzles afterwards because of how they have to fit into a world in order to work. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if that's a case where the thing is the whole thing is inverted for once because of how specific and strange their structure is to begin with, where it all has to fit a progression around moving around a physical space that has Sounds story right. built into it. Especially abduction. Specifically abduction. Like, the locations are story. And, like, you mm -hmm. have to... You've already come up with why these places exist and what's going on with them before you're trying to figure out how the hell to put the puzzles in them because, like, you can't just be making your puzzles in a vacuum in that game in particular. Like, they're, they're too integrated into the environment for most of the game. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, that's we're... probably about it for Sexy uh, Brutal, though, because we're definitely wandering already. Yeah. So, uh, wandering. Oh, yeah. We... yeah. Well, so they, at this they... point, we're starting to discuss game design and whether or not... Yeah. Like, like, you know... We can just save it for the next podcast. Story. Yeah. So thanks for yeah. watching uh, this spoiler cast. It's... uh. Either the first one or the third one, depending on how you're counting and whose channel you're on. But if you want to find all of them, they're always they're, everything's always available at the SoundCloud, uh, which I'm forgetting the URL for, but it's 4Nerds on SoundCloud. It's soundcloud.com slash 4Nerds, and you'll find everything there if you want to find any what you've missed and stuff like that. Uh, we'll probably do more of these in the future. Uh, yeah. On a fairly regular basis, Wander and I will beat the same game, for example. And oftentimes, you want to talk about this more, but... During the main podcast, you can you only, you can only stick to a, uh, one topic for like ten minutes before we go diving off in other directions. So this is I think this is a decent way to handle this. So yep, these will come out when there's a reason for them to come out. No particular schedule. And uh, thanks for watching, like always, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.